Hey, this is Kane Roberts, and you better be careful because you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Rock on. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Dave Z. Not a whole lot to tell. I'm a pretty simple guy. Jamie Jenkins. And the whole time, I'm like, why am I watching this? And Alex Edwards. Hi, Mr. Bill? Yeah, asshole. You are now entering the bone zone. What's up, guys? It is the Skeleton Crew, and here we are on our fourth anniversary show. It is not April 2nd, which is the day we started in 2012, but it is April nonetheless, and we have been going now for four years. And Jamie last time said, boy, am I exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not that exhausting, right, Jamie? We don't do it that often. uh... No, well, I mean, no, my podcast schedule in general isn't what it was back then. And and now with this show, it's, it's not nearly the pace that it was. But, you know, I still think when we do do it, that we have a great time. So... That's what's important. That's the beauty of it. No matter how often we do this show, doesn't matter. When we do it, it's a great time. Uh, hopefully for everybody. Dave Z, you have now been... Well, you've been on the show for a year and four months, but you've been listening almost for the full four years. So how do you feel, Dave? Four years later, the Skeleton Crew is still in your life, and more than ever. It's kind of surreal, actually. It's like... Because... For the first one, that's when I was just just starting to get involved. Oh, wait, is that the one you called in on? Yeah. It had to be, because it was episode 50, and remember, the first 12 you put out in 12 days. Right. So, I, back then, you were going fucking hardcore, so I'm sure 50 was the one-year anniversary. Yeah, unless I'm wrong. I don't know. I can't believe we did that many shows. Well, it probably was because I came on um, the beginning of the year that year. And so by the time we got to April, it would have been to the point where I would have um, right. been there and, and did, you so know, we did the whole thing that we did. Yeah, so that's about right. Yeah, because October was the end of Mike. So think about it from that perspective. Right. So that, that gave Jamie November, December, January. But think of how horrible that is. We did 50 shows in one year. That's awesome. And then, no, no, it goes downhill, though, because okay. now we're only at, like, 115 in its fourth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Talk about going to a screeching halt. Here's a question. Last Screech year. to a halt, as they say. Ah, nice. <laughs> Last year, when we had the third anniversary... And I was on that show. Can either of you tell me what episode it was? Okay, I got it. When did Dr. Loomis die? Because that's when we... Oh, February. You know what? No, it was not 101. It was 102 or... Oh, no, three. 
Remember 103 for a 3D <laughs> Jason show? Oh, the best show. Yeah, that was your favorite show ever, our third anniversary. It was it, it was the, the best show of last year, I thought, for sure. Ever, wow. best show ever is freaking 88, definitely. Oh, yeah, that has to be, that's the most jam-packed. Full I love that episode. Yeah, uh, I just Man, I, got, I don't remember shit though. My my everything just runs together these days. My memory is as fuzzy as like Joe Pilato after a bender. <laughs> dude's, yeah, but... dude's a drunk. You didn't know. <laughs> he's cool yeah, though. It... He's a cool dude. He is though. He is a very cool dude. But he's, uh... he's a happy drunk. You know? <laughs> he even does Pilates in the morning. <laughs> he should start a, a series Pilato Pilates or Pilates with Pilato <laughs> and for the Spanish channel Pilates y Pilato is that food enough for you? mucho ecolagio mucho ecolagio god I really miss those creep show shows man oh god can we just talk about those again? <laughs> can we just talk about nothing but anthologies for a year? Uh, you know what? We can because you could do it. There are enough. I have one. I was actually toying with asking you guys about. So, okay. So, well, real quick, this show is the fourth anniversary, and we just got finished with our creep show retrospective. Hopefully, you guys had a great time with that. We did. We we did part one <clears throat> on some show, and then part two and three on the next show. So, even though it's labeled Creep Show Two, there's actually a little part three snippet in there. So the point of this show, as you could tell by the title and the cover of our uh, show, because I have, you know, a cover for each show. I don't know if everybody sees it. If you're on iTunes only, you probably don't see it. But uh, this show is Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. And the reason why, most people, I think, who are horror fans know that Creepshow 4, even though, or 3, I mean, that shitty one we talked about at the end of the retrospective, <clears throat> that actually was supposed to have happened like in 1990 or 91 whenever this movie came out and i don't know why uh, dave you did some reading do you know why tales from the dark side the movie the that was supposed to be creep show three and why it ended up being tales from the dark side instead all right brace yourselves i'm dropping science because it's i'm dropping knowledge because it, that's <laughs> I, science science <laughs> Dropping science is an old school, you know. That's science. <laughs> <laughs> He's dropping science. Science. Yeah, dropping science. Was so it. they took the celluloid of the film, and what happened was it was tampered. You never heard dropping science on an old rap song? Mm-mm. Damn. Oh man, that was like a big term back in the days for for. Yo, I'm dropping science. Yeah, I'm dropping science. Absolutely, but that's why All I right. said that. But I'm dropping knowledge. Is that okay? That's more to my understanding. So I, like a lot of other people, I think, have heard that this was supposed to be Creepshow 3. Right. But that's not exactly the way it is. What happened was, for some reason, Tom Savini was quoted somewhere saying that this film is the real Creepshow 3. Right. But the reason he said that was because, and a lot of people know this information, but the cat from hell was supposed to be in Creepshow 2. And there was another one called... Uh, oh, right. Something about bowling pins. I forgot. And that was supposed to be uh, also in Creepshow 2. So, because one of them ended up here, and because Romero and King are involved in one of the screenplays, did you guys know that Tales from the Crypt, it came out in 83, after Creepshow, the movie. Well, of course, the movie. Tales from the Crypt started in 83. It was 90. The movie. 
uh, a part of me at the show. <laughs> Wait. I know, Wait. I'm confused. <laughs> Hold on, start over. Tales from the... <laughs> Shit. Tales from the crypt. Keep dropping that job. knowledge, Dave. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Drop science. Wait. Dropping my fucking brain. Tale, Tales from the Crypt, the show with the Crypt Keeper, started in oh, 83. Oh, Tales from no. the Dark Side. The Dark Side. Oh. <laughs> Wait, didn't you say the Crypt? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I was wondering. Was, no, he, no, you did say Tales from the Crypt. That's why I... I did? <laughs> I did. Wait a minute, what the fuck are we doing? And I was like, well, why the hell is that in there all of a sudden? I thought we were talking about Tales from the Dark Side. I was so confused. <laughs> I thought he was going to say they took this... <laughs> Never mind. Go, go ahead, Dave. Drop some more knowledge. Oh, yeah. And then tales from the hood. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think Dave's dropping the ball. <laughs> Forget the knowledge or the science. <laughs> All right, Dave. Go ahead, fill us in. Typical too. No, I'm just kidding. Now you're doing a great job. Oh Excuse yeah, me. one. Right. I feel like I'm dropping acid. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> okay. 1983 Tales from the Dark Side television series came out. Okay, all right. That was supposed to be called Creep Show. They were gonna make really. Yeah, they were gonna make that the series that actually came out. They should have done that. And Romero, as everyone probably knows, is involved with Tales from the Dark Side. So that's one of the reasons why that was gonna happen. And it didn't end up happening, thankfully, because the format was nothing like Creep Show. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, they should have tried it to make it like Creep Show though. Yeah, have a have a uh, have a creep in there and shit like that. I guess it was budgetary. See, they got real cheap. They were they were real cheap on Creep Show too. Oh, I I know I saw Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, but I mean that's why these that's why the cat from Hell and the other one didn't appear in in you know Creep Show too. So I don't know why Creep Show was such a success. I'm surprised. Oh, creep Show two. Well, you're telling me that Creep Show two. The reason it was condensed to three stories instead of five is because they were going cheap it had to do it's all it said was it was a budgetary decision so take that for what you will yeah so so they then all their money on that glob <laughs> yeah fucking garbage bag in the, in the lake <laughs> that is what the money and getting was. that wind that getting that wooden indian to come to life that's expensive yeah, right. And like a hit, and getting OJ to star in their last segment, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they had okay, to pay no. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. Superman, Penny Marshall. Yeah, can you believe OJ was in a commercial? He was in the he was the guy who does the Hertz commercials, and he ended up like really hurting someone. <laughs> 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 OJ Hurts. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's hard to come up with these one-liners. I'll tell you what, good. if that was spoofed on SNL, people would love it. I know, they would think that's a great line if I yeah. did it in the right context. Yeah, it's true. I'm a, I'm a retard. All right, go ahead. So check it out. I, I really am going to drop more knowledge. It's something crazy, but this was supposed to be, there was supposed to be a Romero King Creep Show 3, and it was planned around the same time this was made. So they were going to come out with both that year. They had like, um at the Cannes Festival... They had like a, a sheet with you know all their all their movies planned for the year, and both of them were on there. And there was Tales from the Dark Side of the movie, and it was at the top of it. And then in there was Creep Show Three. It says something like the series continues. And there's even a you know what do you call it? Well, you can see the letters. You know, Creep Show Three. It says in, in that that creepy writing from the first two. Yeah. So it was gonna happen, and it didn't. 
So damn it. I know. So this this was gonna get made anyway, but because they didn't do Creep Show three, they put the cat from hell in there as one of them, and the rest is history. And they didn't put a whole lot of money in this. I don't think. I don't know though. They put a lot of people in it. Yeah, Jamie, I was going to say, what about the cast? The like, cast was... in this is insane. Who would have known that between Steve Buscemi and Christian Slater, so many years later, Buscemi would have the larger career? Mm. Yeah. I mean, who would have guessed that back then? But on top of them, you've got Julianne Moore. And that's just in one segment. Then wow. there's you know, William Hickey. Uh, oh, in the, ra- in, the, in the wraparound, you've got Matthew Lawrence. Whoa. And Blondie. Brother of Woe. <laughs> and Debbie Harry, yeah. Um, Buxter Poindexter. Baxter, Buster, <laughs> Jesus Buster Christ. Poindexter. Buster that was, Poindexter. That was Buster Poindexter. Wow. I, it was bugging the hell out of yeah, me. Under his, under his real name, yeah. But, um, oh, it was driving me crazy. Oh, I'm no, David Johansson or something. I even looked and, him up on IMDb and I couldn't find him in, in anything that I, a lot of soundtracks, but I couldn't find him in anything acting that I've seen. I'm like, how do I know this? Oh, well, he was in Scrooge. Yeah, he's acted quite, you know, a few times. I've never seen um, that. Radon Chong and uh, James Remar. Everyone knows Radon Chong from Commando. Um, am I missing that was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, little piece. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy Chong's daughter. Yep. Hey, man, I, I made a daughter, man. <laughs> that shit was fun. <laughs> You're talking like fucking Cheech, not Chong. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, wait, oh I guess I sound like a Mexican, right? It was a combination no. of Cheech and Cheech is the Mexican. <laughs> oh, so Chong's the white. Is Chong white? Yeah. Is he Jewish or just white? I don't think I he's Jewish. His last name is Chong. He's Jewish. He seemed Jewish. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I thinking of the, am I thinking of the guy from Friday 3? <laughs> I don't think he seemed Jewish either, but maybe he was. I don't know. I think he's Jewanese. <laughs> I do. Well, <laughs> I do know that... Uh, see, I looked it up. Cause that a thing? It struck me that... It's in Japanese. It struck me that Preston's kids look, look black. And he is white. So I looked up exactly what Ray Dong Chong is. <laughs> or Ray Dong Chong. Dong Chong. Dong Chong. Who she is. And yeah, it's Tommy Chong's. Yeah, if you're daughter. Southern, it's Ray Dong Chong. <laughs> <laughs> She's black, Chinese, uh, Scottish, Irish. So Chong is part Chinese, part. Irish. That's my. Maybe that's what he is, right? Yep. And his wife was black. Yep, black and Scotch. Or maybe not. Or maybe she was just black, and then all the other. Well, I think Scottish Irish is actually one thing. Okay, let's come back. Let's take a break and come back. And before we get into tales from the dark side, the movie, let's uh, give a five-minute or so discussion about. Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show. I know Jamie and I are well-versed. Hopefully Dave uh, <laughs> knows something about it. Do you, Dave, do you? Yeah, I know something about it. All sure. Right, watched it. He's going to drop some more science. <laughs> <laughs> Dave will drop more science. And Alex is going to drop his pants. <laughs> Why? Why? Are we getting to the third segment? 
Yeah, it's all about Mac and me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. You had to walk out of the bedroom backwards. What? <laughs> what a loser thing. Can you believe I still cover my ass? Even That's now that you're married? All back, yeah, it's an old callback. Uh, yeah, when I if I walk out of a room naked, I still cover my ass. Yeah. Damn. It doesn't look weird or anything. I just feel like it's odd. You know, to walk out of a room naked. I don't know. I guess I should be like a tough, confident guy and just waltz out of there like I own the place. But you do own the place, and you are a tough. Confident <laughs> I was gonna say you do own the place. It's your house. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like normal when it comes like in real life. If I had clothes on, I could do that strut out of the room. But I don't know. <laughs> Having no clothes on, it makes me feel very vulnerable. Well, that makes sense. That's, that's not that's not weird. Yeah, I'm just not used to it. I don't know. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this. You know what? On this show, I want to I wanna give a little... Uh, I'm going to drop a musical clip for somebody who's been asking about Alice Cooper an awful lot. This is for you, Jason. Voices come from down the hall Guys, the musical break has ended. Thank you, Mr. Cooper. All right, so let's get into Tales from the Dark Side now. Now, uh, that's what we're talking about tonight, the movie Tales from the Dark Side. But before the movie came out, it was a television show. And like Dave dropped, it came out in 1983. Drop them. Drop it like it's pot. No, nobody drops pot. <laughs> Smoke it like it's pot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, now... I've described this before. I don't know if anybody else agrees with me. Jamie, I, I feel like I've, I've, I had to have said it in front of Jamie, so I forgot what she said, though, about my theory. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show. If somebody were to say to me, can you tell me if, you know, just give me the best five episodes and I'll watch those. I almost couldn't do that. Yes, there are a few shining, uh, you know, whatevers in in this whole pile of shows but i probably couldn't go more than two or three or something and uh or some are more memorable than others but i wouldn't even say that that means that they're great this show to me is the kind of show that you have to be in a zone to really enjoy and what i mean by that is you have to literally say i'm gonna sit here and watch like six episodes tonight and that is the best way to enjoy this show. Once you're in Tales from the Dark Side mode, which you, to me, you have to be in to really get into it. If you just were going to watch one episode every two weeks or something, you won't probably like any of them or think anything about it. 
I do agree with that, Jamie. Like, I don't know. I know you watch one at a time for your uh, your podcast. Even then, we usually do three or four at a time. <laughs> oh, so maybe I'm right. I mean... um, and, and no, you are right. And then the a lot of times when we do that, like we'll do a four-show hunk. And of those four, there will be one good episode and the rest of the one rest of them were bitching about I mean I could nail I could name off probably five that if that I would recommend that people watch that I love but uh, we're talking four se- four seasons here there should be more than that but sadly as much as I love the show and as much as I watched it religiously and loved it back then it has a lot more misses than it does hits and it breaks my heart because I love the show but it it's true it just and a lot of it ha- is is possibly that it just didn't hold up very well, um, but it was very cheaply made, like really cheap. Yeah, I mean, real cheap. Real cheap. Um, so obviously cheap. And the acting was really bad in some of them, and the story was just bad in some of them. I mean, we have uh, sometimes it's just it's hard to get through them, you know, when we're covering oh, yeah. for the show. And they're only like 20 minutes a piece, you know, but it's just like, oh. Well, you know, one of, the best, one of the best experiences I had, I remember I had um, the flu or something. And oh, man, I love when I have the flu. That is one of the best experiences. Yeah, because you just get to hang out and watch TV all day. <laughs> so I got season three when I, as soon as I got the flu. So I was able to lay in bed all day and night. And I just watched this show. And to me, I really thought that season three was the strongest one. I just remember thinking that. I can't even recall what was on there. But I'll agree with that. I think Yeah, so. was it? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. And it was it was a great time, but you have to just sit there and go through the whole thing. You cannot watch one at a time. It just doesn't work like that for some reason. I like to binge watch everything anyway. Like I'm real big on that. You even do that with Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I destroyed that. I watched it twice in three months. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Dude. We're, we're going to get to Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. The reason we're doing this, as we said, this was supposed to be the original Creep Show 3, guys, uh, to some extent, as Dave dropped uh, his incredible knowledge that this was only sort of supposed to be Creep Show 3, not for reals. All right, so we'll be right back after this with Tales from the Dark Side, the movie 1990. Let me look. 1990. Oh, that's it, 90. Okay. Dropping science. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to add another number at the end. Perfect. Stephen King, originator of Pet Cemetery. Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes. Michael McDowell, creator of Beetlejuice. George Romero, director of Night of the Living Dead. Now, these four masters of everlasting horror bring to the screen four tales of overwhelming terror. I warned them, but they wouldn't listen. Tales of diabolical fate. You promised you'd never tell! Tales 
of ghastly revenge. Grow, O light. Rise, O light. Come forth, O light. Open his eyes. Tales of ruthless evil. That cat has killed three people in this household. I don't believe this. Kill it, bury it, and bring me its tail. From the dark side. Well, that just about takes care of that, doesn't it? Come live the nightmare of your choice. <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> the movie. Alright, guys, Tales from the Dark Side, 1990. Uh, this is a horror anthology, much like. Creep show one, two, and three. <coughs> and actually, it's nothing like Creep Show three. Let's get serious. Thank goodness. Yeah. The wraparound here is a nice, normal-looking blonde lady drives around town with groceries and nice, friendly things. She waves to the mailman. Everything's nice and honky dory. She pulls into her driveway, goes into her house. And then we come to find out that when she comes home, she has a captured Matthew Lawrence in a cage of some kind <laughs> that was somehow built in her house <laughs> to cage children. Uh, apparently, this is a normal thing. She captures children, I guess, around the neighborhood, <clears throat> then guts them like a fish. Put stuffing inside of them after she tears out their heart, lungs, organs, and things like that. You know, their intestines. And she sings, call me! <laughs> call me! Call me! Anytime! That's how she gets him in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she, um, she cooks him at 12 minutes a pound at 350 degrees, I think. Holy fuck. You remember that? Yeah, I think so. But she pre... What odd, was odd to me is she said, I'm going to preheat the oven for this kid. And it was long before she prepared his body. Like, you could even argue, well, he was stalling her. But no, I mean, even if he didn't start... He didn't even start stalling her at that point. Why would you turn the oven on if you didn't already slit him up and down and tear the shit out? And st Like, why would you... Put the oven. It doesn't take that long to get that hot. None of this makes sense. No, this it doesn't make sense. at all. I don't None think you're supposed sense. to think about it that hard. <laughs> right. No, you're not. But since, like I said, we only think these things when we're doing a show. Yeah, it's true. You know, <laughs> and you know what's funny about this? Like, I really love this movie. Like, I'm telling you right now, this to me, this is like a four point five out of five overall for wow. me. Wow. Yeah, I, I I love this. I've been watching this since I was uh like 12 i think and now i'm 36 so yeah this is a huge i watch it every every uh two to three years i try so uh the kid decides to uh stall her from doing this cooking him up he decides to stall her by reading these tales from the dark side stories in this gigantic book that she gave him to kill time while he's eating cookies and getting fat so she could cook him for dinner for a bunch of guests. 
<laughs> like, I don't even know how you would do this. Like, your husband, <laughs> he must be into this too, right? Because couldn't you tell the difference from a a human body coming out of the <laughs> Like, the... <laughs> I, a... <laughs> I see it, really? I, I, my only guess is that they're all witches. They're all with her. It's like a fucking... Some evil yeah. coven. Because she had like a broomstick in the house, right? <laughs> like a witch's broomstick. Did she really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's no way she could be cooked in that short of He could be cooked in that short of time. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. She's got to sew them together, stuff them. She's talking about all this procedure, and the guests right. are coming at like 8 o'clock, and it's like at least 1:30. 4 or 5, right? No, I, she said it ha- he has to be in by 1.30. Oh, I, I for some reason I pictured her coming home from work, so I thought it was like dinner time. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I guess she doesn't work. I don't know. So, no, she don't have to. She's a witch. She... Can we find out her job specifications? Yeah, she's fucking. She's a singer. She's fucking. Fat <laughs> oh, yeah, five Freddy's on everybody's side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Either way, preheating the oven makes no sense before you even kill this kid. Uh, but I'm just looking for something to say. I wonder so, where she got that big ass pan. Yeah, where do they sell body like life size pan? Like I don't even know where you would get that. So anyway, the kid starts reading stories to stall her. I don't know what his overall plan is because even if you stall her for 30 minutes, what's the difference? You know, I mean, if you're gonna do something, <laughs> do it whenever she takes you out of the cage. You like the no. guests are gonna show up and be appalled. Yeah, yeah. Right. What are you doing? That's what she he's hoping. It's weird because she didn't make it clear on the phone that she was cooking a kid or anything. You know, it's almost as if she was hiding the fact that it was it was child's meat. His plan is just to delay her so long that she ends up having to get takeout, and then she'll be so embarrassed <laughs> when her guests get there and she has nothing to offer. Guys, I cook Chinese. Yeah, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was going to, but the family moved away, so (laughs) (laughs) I had to cook this white kid. (laughs) (laughs) See, for a rated R movie, this segment seems like it's aimed at like like the TV show crowd, like you know, like the Tales from the Dark Side TV show. Doesn't it seem that way? It's like I don't know. It just seems weird that this is a rated R movie, but it's it's almost set up like you would think that kids would be watching this first segment. Like, it's from the yeah, point right. of view of a child. That's weird. It is weird, yeah. That, the whole movie isn't that way, but... Right, oh, just, no, not at all. But this seems like it's it's something that would have come right off the show. It's odd. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what they were going for in, in a small way. I mean, you know. So, uh, the first story is Lot 249. Steve Buscemi, you all know him. He looks like the creepy guy from the old Looney Tunes. He was like a doctor who was always trying to do something with Bugs Bunny. What was that doctor with the red lips and everything? And the slick back hair? And the big eyes? Who was that guy? <laughs> Remember that doctor from Looney Tunes? Yeah, he was the fucking, like, the mad scientist. Yeah, and he has that red guy, that, that red mouth. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the big orange guy. Yes, yes. That's what this guy looks like. Isn't that what he's supposed to look Oh, no, he couldn't suppose, because he came before, after the cartoon. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? All I can think of is that he looks, to me, doesn't he seem like he's much older than the other people? I thought he was the teacher. <laughs> I thought he was the teacher at first. Oh, my God, these are supposed to be college kids? <laughs> is it just me? I, I don't know. No, you're right. He does look like he's 40. So, in this one, Steve Buscemi gets Lot 249 delivered to his house. And Lot 249 is a mummy, an actual mummy. 
3,000 years old to be precise. Uh, you know, I really think the entire thing is, is solid. You know, the story is that, uh, you know, Bashemi was cheated out of some kind of major competition or award or whatever by this rich boy and this redhead chick that he's with, uh, the rich boy he's with, who writes all the guy's papers for him and basically got him through this whole thing that Bashemi worked hard for. And um, <clears throat> so Bashemi gets the mummy. And he pulls these scrolls out of his stomach. You know, he cuts them open, and there's these scrolls inside of the mummy. And Bashemi knows how to read whatever language that is. So um, he reads, you know, Klaktu, Vaktu, Narektu, or something. I don't know. And the mummy comes to life, and he could see the mummy does his bidding. So he goes and he brings the mummy back to life to to go to the rich boy's house who cheated him out of that award. And the mummy goes and kills him by um, putting a hook up his nose and dragging his brains out through his, no his nostrils, which is how mummies are prepared. Why does this... Okay, he says something about wanting to get money, right? And, like, he's going to get this thing and flip it or, you know, so to yeah, speak. for a Maserati. First of all, no, no, not him. The fuck, I'm talking about Buscemi's character. Oh, he goes, why else would I sell he's, him profit? Right, right, he goes, I wasn't born with a silver spoon or something like that, he says. First of all, anybody that can afford a fucking mummy inside <laughs> a fucking tomb already has a shitload of dough. I was thinking that, too. Of course, come on. And even later, that one guy looks at it and he slides it, slides it back and goes, "Oh, it's a shame this thing doesn't have the mummy in it. It, it would make it worth yeah. a lot more." There's no fucking way a three thousand year old Egyptian or whatever the fucking tomb would end up in this loser's house. It would be worth fucking a shitload of money. That shit would go to the Smithsonian or something. It's just the money aside. Why would this thing just go and kill those people for no reason? It's like uh, it's like old Chief Woodenhead. But Old Chief Woodenhead had reasons to do what he was doing. He was avenging the fucking, you know, those... Well, the mummy had a reason. He was told to. When was he told that? Because don't you remember he did the whole spell? Like, he was reading he was reading from the scroll, and he was commanding him. I thought he just brought him to life with that scroll. Well, he did, but with a purpose. Is that ever stated? I just thought it was kind of given. Yeah, but why I would he do it? Because tied to the chair, it it says it. He says it. He had no idea. He just he was going to get screwed over. He he just got screwed over like the day before or something like that. So even if that was the case, he would have had to pre-order that a long time ago. Saying, "Well, pre <laughs> I'm pre-ordering ever. I'm going to yeah. pre-order a revenge money on your ass. <laughs> Did yeah. he get Amazon? Maybe he, maybe he got overnight delivery. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a drone. It's a fucking Amazon. Yeah. Like, can no, you FedEx I, that bitch? Because I'm real mad. I need it now. <laughs> I don't have a three-day waiting period. <laughs> you get to I'm going to overnight this bitch. You needed Prime, man. No, but seriously, um, who broke into a car in this movie? Oh, I know why. No, nobody broke into a car. It was that weapon that the fucking mummy had. It looked like he. <laughs> it looked like it was a what do you call it when they first showed him with it, and he's in that guy's house. It was a. It looked like it was a hanger, like a wire hanger. I'm like, oh, like going? he was gonna break into a car, <laughs> right? You <laughs> <laughs> see, there to break into a car and kill somebody. I was like, what? The? Well, thank God they have the club. 
<laughs> I, the one thing that bothers me is when he goes after Julianne Moore and he just sort of, I want to know, how did he know to go to the bathroom and get the toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, yeah, when he... Worked- when he mummified her, you know, sort of, he was like a half-ass mummy. I guess maybe she was low on the roll, and he didn't know where she kept her spare rolls, you know. Um, but, like, how did the mummy know that you could get something to wrap around someone by going to the bathroom? He wouldn't have known any of that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't wipe their ass 3,000 years ago. They Didn't they use, like, shells to scoop the shit out? <laughs> Do you think they shit in pizza boxes 3,000 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. The, the mummy kills the rich blonde kid. Like I said, pulls his brains out through a hook. Julianne Moore, he slits her back, stuffs her with flowers. So basically, he's killing these people the way he was killed. Um, Christian Slater figures this whole thing out. Knocks out Buscemi and ties him to a chair. Buscemi pretty much at this point, I don't know how, after only two times, but he sort of memorized a lot of the scroll and he starts reciting it so the mummy can hurry up and go kill a Christian Slater. But it, for some reason, the mummy is just, like, dumb, like dumbed down and, and incapable of any threat, it seems, at this point, for no real reason. And Christian Slater takes a turkey cutter, like those electric knives, and just saws his leg in half. At, like, he cuts his thigh and he cuts his leg off. And it made no just, sense. Yeah, and he just pulls his arm off and breaks his fingers off. And... Dude, earlier in the fucking thing, the chick tried to, Julianne Moore tried to stab him with scissors right in the heart, and there was no reaction. So all of a sudden, you're going to tell me that a turkey cutter is going to be fucking <laughs> lethal? <laughs> it made no sense at all. I was like, what the fuck? It, it was weird, right? He was like stone. Dude, when he, when he stabbed her with that, when she stabbed him with the scissors... It came off like it was fucking clay or fucking hard clay or stone or something. Right, yeah, like the way when the scissors were pulled off of his chest, it like broke rock. Right. Or something like that. But all of a sudden he's fucking, I don't know, a turkey cutter can go through a fucking leg. I don't think a turkey cutter can go through fucking my leg. I love that you guys keep calling it a turkey cutter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think a turkey cutter Electric knife. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, you can use it for other things apart from turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a turkey cutter can go through a 3,000-year-old turkey. And it, 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 it somehow it's, it's sawing right through these bones and everything else. It's so funny. Like, why didn't he just act like he went to a chain, like a, like a hardware store and got, like, a chainsaw? Or at least the kind that cuts your hedges. You know, like, something more than a turkey cutter. Like, I just don't even understand this. Like, it's so stupid. It's crazy. And and I didn't know that bugs can live for 3,000 years inside of a mummy. Right. Like, and how come <laughs> the bugs weren't crawling out of his face the whole time? Why would they wait until his head, were they hiding in there? Like, oh, let's just hang out in here and hopefully nobody finds us. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they cut half of his head off. Now we're fucked. What were they you know, eating like... for 3,000 years? <laughs> what are they eating? <laughs> They'd want to come out as soon as they could. They're starving. I don't know. And how about when she calls him? When Julianne Moore calls the kid, who happens to be her brother, and her boyfriend just got killed, right? So she rings him up. He answers the phone. We just see her. And she's like, um, hi, Andy, are you busy? Now, 
your 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 boyfriend and, and your brother's friend just got killed, and that's how you're gonna call the guy. You're gonna say, "Hey, are you busy?" Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You got a minute? Uh, just wait. <laughs> just can wait then if you're busy. Sorry. Uh, my my boyfriend and your best friend just got fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm busy watching the NBA finals. <laughs> I'm like, are you busy? That's something you call if, like, you know, you're, uh, my car broke down. I might need a ride to work tomorrow morning. Or... <laughs> well, hey, you know what? She's so disconnected when she threw the ring down and said he never had taste anyway. Maybe she really does think of it as pretty much a casual. Like, I don't know, man. At this point, these people are so heartless. Who knows? They are. They're they're self absorbed and and yeah. Heartless. She even planted another uh, zarconian Zuni letter. Zuni fetish. And so, did she call the dean again? Like, did she report him again for stealing that? Because why did the dean show up at his house all of a sudden to kick him out of school? Because he mentioned the first time he was talking to Christian Slater that he was cleared of stealing the Zuni fetish. And then she comes back and she plants it there. I mean, so I'm guessing did she call and report him or something? Because suddenly they're there and they're talking about kicking him out of school. And I'm like, but he was cleared of that, you know. So unless she came, planted it, and then called again and said, hey, I know it's in his house. Go look. <laughs> go check it out. But they didn't have the police there. It was the dean of the school and some, like, museum guy or whatever. So, like, what the what, – or a professor. And – um I'm like what? What do you got? I'd say no. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, like oh, we believed you the first time that it was planted here, but you know what? Two, it's two strikes now. You're out of the school. It makes no sense, man. I don't get it. So Christian Slayer figures all this out. He goes in, like I said, uh, saws his things leg in half, cracks his fingers off, uh, rips his arm off. I think Bush, he says, "Give me the goddamn scrolls." And, you know, Buscemi doesn't want to. And he's gonna, so he starts pouring the fluid on him. He's going to light him on fire. And he goes, fine, it's in the second drawer on the bottom in the desk, blah, blah. He he, he gets the this, this scrolls and he lets them on fire. And he goes, dude, these are irreplaceable. These would have made my whole uh, career and all this type of stuff. He was like, yeah, well, I'm glad they're irreplaceable. And he sets them on fire. And the big tw- there's like a couple twists here. One, did you guys think that Christian Slater would let this guy go? He just killed your sister and, like, your best friend. And you don't kill him? <laughs> don't would ask you me. Not, you would have killed him, right? <laughs> I didn't know that he knew that that was the reason, so you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was okay, thinking the me. same thing. I'm like, I think, well, I think he's just, he's a good guy. I mean, he's the only likable character in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, he didn't do anything wrong. No, no I he just was... <laughs> like he—he's aware that everyone's being scumbags, but he doesn't participate. I had the opposite. <laughs> I was watching it, and I was fucking. So, what were you thinking? <laughs> I was thinking, why is he blaming Steve Buscemi for this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what an asshole. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> now the ending makes sense because at the ending they say, um, "What's the guy's name?" What he said, "Well, uh, Billingham sent us or something." And I'm thinking, why the fuck would they work for Billingham? Oh my god! Sure, turns out Billingham learned a new spell, and that's why. But I just no, it's the same one, but he was able to do it on their corpses. Right? I mean, well, how he can buy his dead body now, you're telling Well, you would figure that him having the real scroll and him laughing about it in the, ta- in the taxi, that odd taxi cab driver. 
oh, I'd be making millions if I was him. I'd say, fuck revenge. I, I'd go on fucking TV and say, look, I, I can resurrect the dead. Come here. Would you go on Donahue or, or Oprah? I'd go on fucking everything in sight. I'd do the whole tour, man. I'd <laughs> go on Geraldo. <laughs> yeah. I'd do the whole fucking Salman Rushdie thing, man. I'd be mm. all over the place. Dude, I'd be on Ricky Lake. Fuck yeah, dude. I'd be resurrecting the dead. You don't have to worry <laughs> about anything anymore. You're, you're the, like the best magician of all time. Mm. Wow. So he does that. <laughs> give, so basically, Buscemi gets the scrolls because he gave Krishna Slayer fake ones to burn. So he has the real one still. He uses, I thought, I don't know. Dave's confusing me now. <laughs> He uses the scroll to bring back the life of the rich boy and the redhead, Julian Moore. And now they were going, they were sent to kill. And this is fucked up. They were sent to kill Christian Slater, a guy who let Buscemi live. You would almost think to yourself, you know, if Buscemi wasn't such an asshole, he would say, you know what? I can understand Christian Slater's point of view. I killed his sister. I killed his best friend because they fucked me over. You know, this is life. You know, you can't go around killing people because they they kind of fucked your plans up. You just can't do that. You have to, you could kick their asses or, or like, put nails in the tires of their car and stuff like that. But you can't, or, like, spray paint things on their house or, you know, whatever. Or throw a brick at them if, if you see them walking down the street or whatever. But you can't kill people, you know, so... He really did Wait. something. Wait. He did something pretty extreme. Wait, Wait. Wait. Like, Well, to, how random rocks, is that? Or rocks or something. How I many people in the head with a bag of bricks at? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but you can't do that. So you know, you can get revenge on people, but killing is a major thing. So. Step on their toe really hard when they walk by. <laughs> yeah, step on their toe and push them so they fall back and they can't do anything about it. Yes. <laughs> walk behind them and do that thing where you put their knee into the back of their knee. And <laughs> yeah, you could do that. You could you could siphon their gas just for no reason, <laughs> with no intent to burn anything down. <laughs> That's revenge, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's all right, baby. No one's gonna get hurt. You see. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'll tell you what, the best part of this whole thing was when you see the guy, the guy's brain on those bananas. <laughs> Here we go, more banana laser play. That was pretty gruesome, though. Yeah, it was cool. It was, right? Yeah. So, well, my point is that you could do all that, you could do all those things, like, you know, bump the back of their knee and things, but to kill somebody <laughs> a is a bit... Yeah, to kill someone's a big deal, so you can't really be mad at Christian Slater... And you know what? He didn't really burn your original scrolls either. You still got that. Yes, lot 249 is kind of destroyed. But he let you live, dude. And no one else would really let you live. I sure wouldn't. Dave probably wouldn't. Jamie probably wouldn't. You know, if you killed our sister and our best friend, I'm pretty sure we would all kill you. So... I would just take, I would just quit while I'm ahead and be thankful for that. But instead, he sends the two people that, the, that you killed of this guy's and have them go kill him. Like, to me, I'm just like, okay, look, it's a great twist. Like, who would have saw that coming? It's great. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's an awesome ending. See, to, the first time I watched it, it, it was a head scratcher. 
And now uh, I'm like, what a fucking great way to end it. Wow. Yeah, but don't you realize that he shouldn't have done that as a human being? Like, Steve Buscemi's not supposed to be pure evil. He's not supposed to be like those people who fucked him over. He was supposed to be a vigilante of sorts. He's got power. I mean, in the beginning, I feel bad for him, you know? Right. Right. But that's the old adage that you see in several movies, not just horror, with, you know, people get power and they fucking, they get crazy with it. Yeah. That's what it is. If Mary, if you had the power to resurrect somebody, to send someone to kill, I'll tell you, you know, some people will get carried away with that. What would have been the best is if they came to the door and said, just hold your breath. <laughs> that was like a combination of, yeah, it was like of, those of that and Chief Woodenhead. Yeah, That's what right. this episode is. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so how do you rate this segment with all of its good and bad? Uh, I give this a four. You can really like it, right? Four. I'd say 4.5. Yeah. I like this a lot. Yeah. Wow. Dave? No shit. Now, wait, Dave, now that we clear a lot of shit up for you, I mean. Well, I was going to give it a three, but okay. that was before I, I figured things out. So, right. but, you know. Now that it's been cleared up, though, I, 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 I'm not going to go too high with it because... Uh, 3.5, uh, Yeah, maybe? yeah, th- I'll say 3.5, yeah. Okay. Okay, so a 4.5 and uh, a th- two 4.5s and a 3.5. Another thing, too, is that I, I really like this segment, and Brian and I were talking about this last night, I, I really like this segment because I don't think the mummy as a monster gets enough play. You know, um... The, the universal monsters back in the day, the mummy was never like, he just doesn't have the notoriety that Frankenstein's monster or Dracula or even the wolf band does. And uh, he sort of got superseded by zombies, you know, later on. Cause it's, you know, kind of, it's, you know, something that used to be dead. that's now alive. that shambles along. Um, and you know, back in the movie, back in the old mummy movies, it wasn't ever all really that scary. He choked you, you know, did things like that. I would love to see a, an updated good version of the mummy as a monster, um, where it's, it's really, you know, where it's really kind of visceral and, and scary, uh, because I think that the concept of mummy is really scary. I just, they just weren't all very successful. Um, yeah. Well, they're actually, I think, I believe that's the first of the monsters, the universals they're actually redoing. The mummy's the first one. Well, they did, uh, Dracula. I thought the Dracula movie was the first one, the Dra- Dracula untold. untold. Is that, see, I don't know if that's part of the, this reboot I heard. Well, see, this is what I, because they were planning to do the whole Avengers kind of thing, but with yeah. universal monsters. So I, I want to say that Dracula Untold was the beginning of that. Like that was the very first one, but that didn't do very well. So I was, I, I didn't know if they were planning to continue it or not, but I would like for them. I would like for them to, I would, I would like for them to keep going. Cause I think it's a cool idea. You know, I, I, I love the universal monsters and you do too. Um, I think that would be real. I would love to see a new version of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh yeah, I think that would just kill. The only thing you've ever seen was Monster Squad. Besides that, right? Right. Yeah. Which was cool, you know. Yeah. 
Well, the I'll go on record that the original Mummy is horrible. Like to me, it is it is a bore fest. It is like yeah. nothing happens in that entire movie. The second and, Mummy movie is good, I think. Yeah, but do you know that the third, fourth, and fifth, that the Mummy, you know who plays him in in all those? In the third, fourth, and fifth, no. Lon Chaney Jr. Man, I was gonna guess that. Yeah, as soon as you said Mummy. That. He's the mummy in the third, fourth, and fifth mummy movie. I had no idea there was more than, like, two. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm actually a fan of those ones because John Carradine, who played Dracula in the sequels of those ones, he is also in, like, two of those. And he's really good. Yeah, I, I think the later mummy movies, that were actually any of them after the first one, because I think the first one is really boring and... Oh. Sad, I mean, and nothing. And there really is not very much mummy in there, as far as... No. He's even mummy dressed mummy, like a normal know? guy. He's a right. I mean, he just looks like guy. Um, <laughs> Old guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I like the I like the other the sequels better anyway. Mm-hmm. But because they actually keep them in the bandages. Uh-huh. I I'll go on record to say I like Abin Costello meet the mummy more than the mummy. Yeah, I actually. Well, we did that one. I mean, we yeah. talked about that, and I thought that was that was a fun one. I think that's better than the original mummy. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I, I agree, yeah, though. I do. Yeah, it is. Sorry, I'd rather. At I, least there's I, a mummy I, in it. Right. There's an actual mummy, and I can actually enjoy myself. Yeah, dude. M- mummies never scared me. That was just the problem. They're like so slow moving. It just, it's like zombies are slow moving, but there's usually more than one, which is what right. makes them, you know, a threat. But one slow thing walking around, the idea just never did it for me. But I will say that this mummy was okay. Yeah, yep. It's pretty good. It's like Chief Woodenhead. It really is. He moves about the same speed. Pretty much does similar things. Just goes to people's houses. You want to ask how does he know they live there? Who cares? It's Who cares? A, it's a curse. And and there there he goes. You know. Well, I just asked that to make the joke about the Jason between one and two thing. Speaking of Jason, doesn't he look a little bit like Jason in Part Six? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a, right. Like when they first take the mask off and he's laying down in that thing. That's what I was thinking of. Jason Part 6 stole from this, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The next one, the next segment is, uh, I think it's called The Cat from Hell. Yes. Okay, so this old man, Drogon, who everybody knows as Uncle Lewis from the Christmas Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, did the room clear out? Presents. The presents under my tree. (laughs) So what's the matter with you? So what's the matter with you? <laughs> Grace the blessing. The blessing. <laughs> you pulled down my tree. Uh, at least it's out of its misery. <laughs> he's man. great, man. <laughs> oh, I love Drogon. He he's the most. Am- I got you know he was also in an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt, what- yeah, which is my favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, it actually was introduced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was called, um, shit. I always, oh, The Switch of Room? No, maybe. Maybe it was called that. He was also in, uh, he was the voice in Nightmare Before Christmas of the guy, Jack Skellington. Yeah. The wheelchair guy. Yeah. Jack Skellington. Wow, he was in a wheelchair in there and in this. Wow, that's weird. Wheelchairs are back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. William Hickey always freaked me out. He's he's a man. I'm so glad he got into acting. Like he was the perfect guy to be in movies. 
So, so happy that he didn't just get a regular job. Okay, so, uh, Cat from Hell. So, basically, <laughs> um, a guy, uh, well, Drogon, the old guy we've just been talking about, he hires uh, Buster Poindexter to kill a cat at his uh, millionaire mansion. <laughs> um, the cat killed three people already. Including, uh, what's his name from Breaking Bad? Who? Oh, wait, who is that guy? He was the... Oh, the, he was, uh... The uncle, the... Whatever his name was. The, was he the one who was tapping the thing? Yes, yeah, the wheelchair, in a wheelchair. Are you yeah, the, kidding <laughs> me? Yeah, in yeah. a wheelchair. What? Why can't the show get away from wheelchairs? <laughs> there was another person in a wheelchair in this? Yeah. The, uh, but the butler? He, he was, was in a wheelchair in Breaking Bad, not in this. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Did you ever see Breaking Bad, Dave? I've seen it all, but I remember a guy in a wheelchair. The guy that was tapping, he rings the bell. Oh, that's right. The, um, the Mexican, uh, no. yeah, the cartel. Uncle. Yeah. Yeah, ding, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Dave, real quick, what do you think is, is better, Breaking Bad or Sons of Anarchy? Sons of Anarchy. Thank you. It's number two. It goes Sopranos, Sons, Breaking Bad, in that order. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Dave is absolutely right, by the way. So, now, the cat killed three people already. Like Jamie said, well, well okay, a real quick breakdown. He killed uh, Drogon's sister, her best friend, and the butler. Um, now, the, the interesting thing about... I was going to say this whole movie... But that's clearly not true because it doesn't doesn't play with the mummy. Uh, but the other two segments, did you notice the lighting in both of them is almost non-existent? It's almost as if it's all natural lighting. I don't know what was lighting up that mansion that they were in, but I can assure you that a light bulb was part, not part of any of it. There were no light bulbs lighting that mansion it all seemed like natural moonlight or some shit like there was nothing illuminating the entire mansion the entire time the only thing you saw was in the flashbacks everything was like uh lit with blue uh and it was like miserable i i think it was supposed to just show miserable unhappy loneliness rich cold emptiness or something like it was lit so bizarrely did you guys notice that at all because i it's my 50 i did i did notice the lighting yeah i loved it no lighting i loved it that's like my favorite thing about this one this this one has the best production values of all of them this one actually you know with the lighting it kind of reminded me of some of the stuff they do in, in creep show one with the lighting and and right. they did it with intent anytime it was something from oh, the yeah. past it was blue and i love the way it looked and then when they showed the the pov of the cat they did a little it's thing always black there. and white yeah. they just did little things to me and i think i know why because this is the one that stephen king wrote and um like it was supposed oh, wow. to be on part on creep show too and i think they may have something to do with it this one had a bigger budget because to me it shows well, I think cats see in black and white or something like that. I don't know if it was black and white. They had like a red outline and shit, and it was like kind of distorted. Yeah, it was old. Yeah, it was a little distorted too. Yeah, it was cool and, looking. I liked it. Oh no, no, I'm not complaining about this. I'm just pointing it out. 
like it's it's very dreary and like uh all that type of stuff and i think the only actual light that was unnatural was the television light when he was trying to shoot the cat's face you know like that was the only time it was uh any light besides like that natural light or the blue light is when they were doing that so the cat uh they show flashbacks the cat trips his sister while she's going down the stairs, probably to feed the cat or something, I don't even know. Um, the cat killed that girl who kept coughing by, <laughs> which is the second funniest image in this entire movie. The cat, <laughs> he goes in her bed and jumps onto her face <laughs> and just grabs Oh, her that was hilarious. Grabs around the side of her head and suffocates her by his 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 body or something. Brian was laughing uncontrollably when that was happening. It was so funny. It's hilarious. I thought it was really cool, and then I noticed that Stephen King has done this in Cat's Eye too. Wasn't that the same thing Cat's about Eye too? Cat's Eye as well, also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, it's weird that you say that, because that was the movie I was going to say that we should do next. Me and Tiffany just watched that like a week ago. Wow. And I was going to wonder if you guys want to travel through anthologies for a while. That's what I was hoping. That's We watched it. We just watched it not too long ago. I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, but I will watch it again, sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, they talked about stealing breath in that one. Right, and a cat stealing breath. That's what I'm saying. And that was written by King as well. That's what I'm saying. I found that odd. That King did that same thing in two different, you know, anthologies. A cat stealing breath. It's weird. Right. Yeah. Uh, General. General, they thought, was going to steal the girl, Drew Barrymore, again. Her breath. And uh, instead it was a troll. Hey, did you guys notice that when the girl died, when she got smothered by the cat, that she had a fucking, a big hookah next to her bed? She smoked? I couldn't believe it. A big hookah, like one from fucking India or something. Yeah. So the cat kills her. Then the butler is going to take him to get executed. I don't know why I just didn't throw him off a bridge or something. The butler was the one that had him put down. I thought they were going to have him put down after the second kill. So in other words... The that, butler, was the that was after the second kill. The butler, the butler was the third to die. No, the He butler couldn't died. have taken to have him put down if he was already... I thought the butler died first and the two girls. <laughs> oh. No. Sorry, I got the order mixed up. Maybe the butler saw him first and they showed him throwing something at it. I remember that. And the cat ran away. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So that, that's what I'm thinking of with the butler. I don't know what the fucking You're order so is. funny. <laughs> Shit. So, oh, yeah, the butler. Oh, wait a, <laughs> wait a minute. The butler was the guy driving? Yes. I thought that was. Oh, man. I thought that was the vet driving the fucking thing. The vet? <laughs> I thought it was. I, I thought it was stupid, but why? I was going to say that it didn't make a lot of sense. Because the, the he said something about calling the vet, and the vet said, it's midnight or something like that. So I thought the vet actually came and fucking got it. Because the guy was rich. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't realize what the butler looked like. Because they only showed him for fucking three seconds. You know? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Drogan... Dro- the the problem here for Drogon is that he he is a pharmaceutical guy, and he created like shit drugs that people are basically hooked on. It's like one step up from street trash, 
but I don't know. I guess it keeps you alive on some level if you have some kind of heart problem or whatever. And the problem is that with with all these drugs, for some reason, I guess it makes sense. I'm against animal testing and stuff, but uh, I guess you have to do that or something because you have to test it on something. So Drogan tested <laughs> his his pill for hearts or whatever on 5,000 cats. 5,000. Like, how could you not figure out what you should know after, like, the 76th cat? <laughs> how do you get to 5,000? Yeah. Like, I, I can't understand that. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, what the fuck? They said they had 5,000 cats? Yeah, yeah over killed... four years of research. Yeah. That's yeah, 5,000 cats died. Wow. Because they're, uh, Something system is. I believe similar. in human testing. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, they're, oh, those lives are too important. You know, we have to make sure they live. Yeah, maybe on prisoners or something like death row prisoners. Exactly. Why don't we use prisoners for something useful? I, I, I am all for that. I really am. I think if you're gonna if you're going to prison for life anyway, why can't we use you for something more useful than just like sitting around and us paying for you to? eat and sleep and whatever you do there because that's like something out of an orwell novel and no one would ever allow it to be done but to be honest i'd be okay with it I would. <laughs> right. they're never coming back anyway what's the difference i think if a presidential candidate said that it wouldn't hurt his chances mm-hmm. seriously yeah, with the, some of the shit we see nowadays i i think people have no regard for people on death row a lot well, of people if, don't so if he could if he could tell me that my paycheck would would be, go from thirty three percent of my taxes taken out to like twenty twenty one percent if you just get rid of these people. I'd be like, okay, I could care less. They would just they would sell me out too. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah, if need be. So this 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 segment has some of the best lines. Like this point, Dexter man. There's one my favorite line. I used to say this all the time. I don't know when. I when it was appropriate for me to just recite this line in my house alone, but I remember I used to be I used to be alone in the in the house and I would be I would just go. Hey, cat. For me, it's nothing but the best all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know why I said that. Maybe I thought I was doing something that was the best. Or I was drinking the best stuff, or eating something that was the best, like my favorite food, and I would just go, "Hey, cat! For me, it's nothing but the best." And it just—I just loved that line. I don't know; it's so stupid. And the other one is, "Hey, little motherfucker! Nobody hits me twice. No fucking body hits me twice." <laughs> At least you know what the fuck's going on in the plot, man. Or how about the best scene was when the cat jumps up on him and it just stays at his crotch oh yeah that was funny brian was laughing <laughs> and he's screaming and the cat just like tears at his crotch and he goes now i have a fucking reason to kill you a <laughs> hundred dollar shirt yeah jesus christ it's a hundred dollar shirt he was good he should have poisoned the cat because he did feed it didn't he i just want to put yeah. poison in that fucking shit well how about that part so the, he sets up a, pl- a thing where the cat goes to eat uh, the bowl of cat food that it's in front of the television, uh, which is the only thing lighting that room, of course. 
he puts the red beat right on the cat's face and pulls the trigger and it just blows up the TV. <laughs> so my question is, is that cat a ghost? Like, is it an irreverent or whatever we said in the Like, it's just a revenge? Like, remember how... Um, Revenant. Yeah, Revenant. It, remember how Poindexter said, so Drogon here murdered 5,000 of your buddies and he sent you to even the score, huh? So is that what it is? Is it a ghost that's sent to even the score? I don't know. Because you shoot through it. Yeah, I think. Well, I hit, check it out. That the cat just has powers. That's all there is to it. Like the cat, it doesn't even flinch when fucking the television explodes right in front of its fucking head. Right, you know, any animal. If you blew something up in front of it, you know, my dog. You fucking drop one fucking thing, it, it scatters. You know, it's just that cat is just pure. I don't know. I don't want to say pure evil, but he. I don't know. He's just fucking He's supernatural. evil on two legs. I mean, four legs. <laughs> I am talking about evil on four legs. I am talking <laughs> about the possibility that he is still in that mansion. <laughs> he is still out there. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> get out, get out. Come on, get out, get out. Get out now. Get out now. You guys ever notice how weird Loomis is at that? Get out now. And Halloween 2 is like, get out now. It's great. <laughs> We say that we say that around the house all the time. Get out! <laughs> but first, Lemus goes, get out, get out, get out, get out, now. get out, 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 I love that. It's oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so now we get to the greatest scene ever. The cat jumps off of a grandfather clock that the guy obliterated with a gun and dives in like a 10-foot jump into this guy's mouth. And it the greatest part is that the way his hands are like going as if they're going to pull the cat out, but then it just sort of, he doesn't, and it just... He's just flailing around while the cat sinks deeper into his throat. His little feet just a kicking. Oh, <laughs> and the cat's tail sticking out. Like, that is the greatest. And the cat, like, literally uh, just climbs into his his stomach and somehow could just stay there. Yeah, I guess the cat is not real, right? Because how could he... No. How could he just hang out in the guy's, in the guy's stomach, right? So... And he and he knows when he's supposed to come out. Yeah, well, well, the clock. Yeah, what breaks. was with the clock? Yeah, was that something else I missed? Twelve. Yeah, it hits twelve. Why does it come out, Jamie, at twelve o'clock? Because it always happens at midnight. Every murder happened at midnight. So, um, when the clock got broken and stuck, then you know, nothing happened. So then when the guy came home and then the clock struck midnight, then it was like, boom, the cat came out. Cause... And then scared him to death, which then yeah. he died at midnight. What the fuck? I thought it was... To that clock. I thought it was daytime when the guy got home. It was, but the clock was broken. <laughs> oh, okay. <coughs> All right. I thought maybe they did a trick and they did a... It was noon or something. <laughs> they did the fucking slaughter high joke. The fucking... Yeah, the cat had a neuter. <laughs> so the... 
Drogon gets home. The cat crawls out of the guy's mouth, spurting blood as he gets out of his mouth, and gives Drogon a heart attack. And he was he made Drogon so scared that he couldn't even grab the pills that would have helped him, which are the same pills that killed those five thousand cats. So, uh, you know, it all comes together. Great, great fucking effect, though. Dude. Awesome. It's amazing. Going in and coming out. It, it was oh. great. Watching that cat's little cute face come out of that guy's mouth. Oh, that was... I felt so bad for the real-life kitty because he was all covered in goo, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that poor thing. But he was so cute. He was so cute. Looked like baby cat. That's our cat. I hope they washed him after. He washed himself. I was just going to say, yeah. He, Do you think he liked it off himself? Probably corn syrup. Probably liked it. Oh, yeah, he probably liked it. Yeah, but he probably would have had, like, a sugar overdose or something. I wonder if the cat, what do they do? They lick their own paws and they drag it across their heads? Mm-hmm. That's how they clean the hair in their head? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do we give this segment? To me, this is a classic, man. Um, I'll say 4.5 out of 5. I love the cat from hell because I love Drogon and I love Poindexter. Yeah, this one is. Oh man, this one's probably a five for me. It is. I, this is my favorite segment. I just love that the cat kicks so much ass. <laughs> it, it, it makes me happy that none of the assholes come out of this alive. You know. All right. Five out of five. Four point five and five. What do you say, Dave? Wow. And I thought you guys were gonna like this the least of them. That's fucking crazy. Wow. I had no idea, Alex, somehow that you loved this movie. I don't know how I didn't know. And I wasn't sure about Jamie. But I liked it. I- I- I'll give it a 3.5. Wow. It's just, nice. It's good. I just don't think enough happened. It's just, I don't know, kind of simple. But I still enjoyed it. Now, unfortunately, oh, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned it. So the, the wraparound story, all that's really happening is that uh, Matthew Lawrence is... Basically reading story after story. Biding time. That's all he's doing. Time. So nothing really happens besides him starting up another story. Now we get to the third and final segment, unfortunately. It all has to come to an end, guys. Uh, but to me, I, I might think this is the best of all of them because it's so powerful. You know? I mean, I love The Cat from Hell and I loved... Um, uh, the first one, the mummy thing, but man, this is just fascinating writing to me, and it's so powerful and so the timing and the the, the everything just hits you exactly as it should. Like this is devastating to me every single time I watch it. I've never watched it at a time where I was just sort of observing anything. It was all always emotionally impactful. So this is a a fucking amazing ending to Tales from the Dark Side. So, uh, third story. This is called, I don't know what it's called. Do you guys know? Lover's Vow. Yeah. Okay, so this guy Preston, he's an artist. And, um, he's, uh, not doing well in life at the moment. His art kind of sucks. His agent calls him up. He tells him to go to a bar and basically tells him no one wants to buy his his shitty art, and his art's not selling in these in these art museums that it's in. <clears throat> so the agent says, "I can't live off of ten percent of nothing, so I'm gonna have to let you go, bro." 
Like, I don't know how close they were at the time, but it, it doesn't seem like they were very close, I guess, because it was all business still. The, the bar they're in, I mean, this guy does no business. He has one guy that's like the real version of Lenny from The Simpsons, and he has <laughs> Preston and himself, and that's about it. That's the only people who walk in that bar besides the guy's agent who left in five seconds. So nobody goes in there. Uh, so... The bartender, you know, closes, leaves this drunkard in the bar. I guess that's a normal practice. The most fascinating thing happens. Preston goes to a side of a wall in an alley to take a piss. And the bartender's locking up. And he hears, like, the shuffling down the alley. So he has a gun, I guess. So he walks over to the, the sound. And he sees something that terrifies him. And he goes and sticks his gun out, I think. It swats at him and rips this guy's hand off. His hand goes and hits the guy's foot who's taking a piss on the side of the wall. And uh, then this thing like slashes the bartender's face. And then the guy goes, turns around and is like, help me. Then the thing goes and just whacks him one more time and just rips his whole fucking head off. And it just goes rolling down the alley. And it's like fucked up, man. It's really crazy. Um, it's cool looking. Oh, it's so well done. It's so perfect. So, whoever directed this is like incredible. They they took something that could have went really wrong. Think about this in the hands of a bad director. This could have went bad. And no, it went perfect. The perfect guy did this. So the guy, so Preston, you know, pulls his pants up. He, he goes to run away when he sees what's happening. He goes to run back in the bar. That's the only thing he could think of doing. Because I guess he knows he can't outrun this thing, I guess. All of a sudden, this thing just corners him at the bar doors. And it's a gargoyle. Like a living gargoyle. Which, I, you know, I don't think it exists. I mean, I, I think they're only known for being... Sta- I don't know how they could have existed. So they're just statues, I guess, that somebody came up with. The, you know, the gargoyle starts talking. And he says, whole let Preston live. Uh, in exchange for a promise. Now please, please don't. Your life in exchange for a promise. You got it. If I let you go, you must swear you will never see you saw me. Never see you heard me speak. Never tell anyone how I look. Never repeat what I have said. A promise forever. You got to be kidding. I, I promise. Cross your heart. I promise. I love the voice. Yeah. Um, I do think that the makeup or like the puppet doesn't hold up as well as it could have. And this was KNB, by the way. I don't think anybody's mentioned that. Um, I thought it was Dick Smith. But it was KNB who did the, or at least for, maybe they didn't do all the segments. Maybe he did do, you're saying you thought Dick Smith did specifically the gargoyle or? Uh, Dick Smith was named in the opening credits for um, whatever. Okay, well, all three, all three of KNB, they weren't, they weren't named as KNB because at the point, at the time, I don't think they actually were KNB yet, but um, all of the. They were all there, yeah, huh? We're in the ending credits, yeah. Oh, no shit. But this was really early on for them. Um, Because what year did you say this was, 90? 
Because uh, Intruder was 91, and I think that's purported to be like one of their first, I think that may be their first movie as K&B. And Intruder? That was yeah. Intruder's 89. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, so um, there you go. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so this was super early for them still, so yeah, it's uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was Dick Smith too. I didn't notice his name, but I did see theirs during the uh, during the end credits. That's weird. I didn't notice anything in the end credits. I, actually, I don't think I watched them. Usually, I do. This time, I didn't. I was rushing for the show. But the opening credits, I saw Dick Smith. But it wasn't like creature makeup effects handled by Dick Smith. It was something like head makeup consultant or head effects consultant, something like that. You know, some type of talk. Okay. Okay. You know, so I saw that. So I bet they actually did the. I bet they actually did the. the like the hands-on work on it and but they were all there think about who you're talking about dick smith and fucking knb wow yeah good team damn you didn't like the way you didn't you don't think it it holds up with like when, when the gargoyle's talking well i just think it seems kind of clunky now a little bit um but overall i like the look of it like i really do like the design uh, it reminds I, I just, me of Gremlin. Like, remember, like in the second Gremlins, when the one's dressing up as a girl with the lipstick on, and I don't know something about the way it moved and stuff reminded me of, like Gremlins. Yeah, it um, it kind of reminds me like the way it moved, like the the facial movements and stuff kind of remind me of like a Teddy Ruxpin doll. You know, like the way the <laughs> eyes the eyes blink and move. You know, and like eh. um, your friend. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I do really, really, really love the uh, uh, the design of it. I think it's very cool looking, and I love the voice in the beheading. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just well a well done scene. You know, I think the director of this scene is very important. I think it's great. I think the whole scene. I do know what what, what you're saying, Jamie, with the the look of it. But it's weird. I kind of actually enjoy that in a way. You know, like if if it was done nowadays and it was CG, it would probably look worse. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, nowadays, I, they would fuck it up. I would well, and I would much rather have clunky looking uh, actual effects over. Yeah, at least it was real out there. It was on over film, CG wasn't. any day. So yeah. you know that always is always 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 better. I like it. I like when things date a movie. If it's piss poor, that's one thing, but. This is not at all. This is pretty good. But I like watching movies with practical and then knowing like the time period it's from just by what you see uh, effects wise. And, you know. Well, it's at the tail end of the 80s. So there you go. Yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's still a little kiss of the 80s in there. But here I, I have a question. And again, this is something I may have missed. Was that guy killed innocently? The bar owner that was pissing? Yeah. Okay. So then, this my only knock on this one is that. So for no reason, this gargoyle is going to do something evil and kill somebody. Then go to this guy and say, "Eh, I'll just let you go. Just don't tell anybody." It's well, I was wondering weird. the motive myself. I wondered if he ate that guy or something like that. Like, why do you have to kill the guy? I couldn't understand why Preston. Why would you care to save Preston if he held this secret? Is it? Is it almost like? That's the mating practices of this creature. Have a, your man go through a traumatic experience, make him make a vow, and see if he remains faithful. And if he does, then you stay with him, and that's how you could judge his character. Like, I don't know. 
you know, and it, it's at the sacrifice of a random person that you don't want to be with. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. You know, th there could be a lot going on that we just don't know, if that makes sense. Maybe you know, it's like... the plan of the gargoyle. I guess you, we, we could say that. Maybe it planned on that happening and said, well, you know, then I, I get to live. At the end, we see that the principles of everything is more important than anything else. So this test and this test of loyalty far exceeds the life of the person itself, if that makes sense. So sacrificing somebody to find loyalty is, is equivalent to sacrificing if the person's not loyal, even though you actually like them a lot right before they became unloyal. You know what I mean? I'm trying to say this without giving it away. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not Even though, because some people are probably just going to listen to us without watching the movie, which is not good, guys. You really should watch this. Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or anything, but... Uh, it used to be on Netflix. Now it's not. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, yeah, Radon Chan comes walking down the street, wandering around. Preston pulls her, pu pushes her up against an alley wall like he's about to rape her. Tells her, you know, no, just be quiet. There's a lot of bad things going on around here. Blah, blah. If you need a phone, I got one in my place. I mean, the whole thing seems crazy shady. But I guess she trusted him for some reason. I guess he did, you know, let go of her and say, come on, follow me and whatever. So he brings her to her place, to, you know, to make a phone call. He ends up having sex with her that night. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, it is. That's that's the yep. That's one of the pros of uh, of being a single man. That spontaneous sex with a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. God, I miss that. It's one of the pros. There's pros and cons. <laughs> but, yeah. And what's even more bizarre is that she moved in the very next day. <laughs> so he pulls her up against a wall, tells her, "Come on, come in my place if you want to make a phone call. It's more safer." Because back then you used pay phones. Yeah, and she was in a bad area, and there was no taxis there. You know what I mean? There was no one for her to make a phone call. He's like, I live right around the corner. Granted, it's still shady. I wouldn't go with a stranger anyway. No, of course. He he looks like a heroin addict. No, <laughs> like, like, Jamie, is he a good-looking guy to you? Uh, James Remar in general? Yeah, in general, yeah. But he looked a little bit scraggly right there. I don't think I would have gone home with him. Even when he's a rich, or not rich, but success, more successful guy in 10 years, I think he still looks kind of, <laughs> he looks like he just tapped a vein. I mean, if, um, I'm just trying to think of where I would be, like what my mindset would be. If I'm walking down the street, some guy, some random guy grabs me, throws me up against the wall, puts his hand over my mouth and tells me to shut up. And then he's like, yeah, come back to my place and you can use the phone there. I'd probably go, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, you know, just speculating, but uh, that's probably what my response would be. And if you, <laughs> Safe if you, to say. If you did go through the, against your better judgment of going to use his phone, would you then pull your pants down and let him have fun? Well, think about this. That's why she went there. If he would have been some fucking fat slob, she probably wouldn't have gone to his house. Right. She was. She saw him. She's like, he's pretty cute. I'll go. Mm -hmm. That's what I yeah. think, that she's attracted to him. It makes it a little easier, you know? Yeah, so she moves in with him the very next day. There's making love and moving in. And all this happening while he's holding this secret. So now he can't tell anybody what happened with this gargoyle. You know, like, 
there's some moments where he's trying to sketch this thing out in a napkin or whatever, and she keeps coming over, and he's, like, hiding it and stuff. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, oh, yeah, everything's great, honey. You know, uh, what are the scratches on your chest? Oh, I had I ran into a bottle of scotch tonight. You know, any excuse he could think of to, to not mention this gargoyle, because he said he wouldn't, and he, he really believed in this this vow that he, he made with a gargoyle, that if he doesn't say anything about it, he will be okay. And I guess he really believed that if he ever mentioned it, somehow this thing would find out and then eventually go kill him. Hey, wouldn't you keep your mouth shut? I know I would. Um, yeah, I'm so stupid, dude. I'd probably think if I whispered it in a corner <laughs> that I'd get away with it. But, yeah, I'd probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be dead within a week if I uh, were to keep a secret. <laughs> but uh, I'd probably say it on this podcast. <laughs> I bet guys wouldn't believe this shit. Well, I don't know if I know many people who would be able to do that. Yeah, he's pretty. I amazing. mean, you, you know, because you get out of there, you tell it, yeah, 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 I won't say a word, and then you know, the next thing you know, you're hanging, like you run to your friend's house or whatever, and you're, the first thing out of your mouth is going to be like, you're not going to believe this shit. You know, but then you got to think of who would even believe you. In a way, it's almost easier not to tell people because Maybe. who would believe a gargoyle? Yeah, I mean. They would think you just seem crazy. And and I would say, you know what? I'm not, you know what? Maybe I would keep the secret because I, because maybe my logic would be, all right, it's said to keep it a secret. If I even told anybody about this, they would say, yeah, right, asshole, a gargoyle. You, you fucking murdered this guy. You were drunk. You fucking killed him. And I'd be like, holy shit. I, I can't say anything about it because nobody will believe the gargoyle. And... So I can't mention that. If I even get into this, they're gonna think I killed the guy if I say something like that. Well, no, you're so, not. You're not telling the cops that. That that much I know. Or yeah, I guess. Or even, what if one of my friends turned me in? Like, how do I know? I don't have one of those loser friends who go, "Oh my god, I have to turn you in." Otherwise, I'm a, I'm abating and abetting or whatever, abetting and whatever it's called. <laughs> abating. I'm, I'm I'm an accomplice to murder. Aiding and, and abetting. abetting. Yeah, I'm mixing. Yep. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, I probably wouldn't tell. No, I'd probably go, I'd probably find a way to make it logical that I shouldn't say anything. Now they've, you know, he's, things are going good with this chick. Um, she gets knocked up after his art becomes successful at the gallery. Now he's making money again, 20 grand for one painting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, here's the funny part, though. In the beginning, when he first meets his agent and he sees him at the thing, he's like, Nobody likes your art. It's just not marketable. This and that. all of a sudden, just because this chick has a hookup, he's got fucking massive desirable art. <laughs> I thought that too, but I think his newer stuff was inspired differently. He has a different point of view on the world with this looming, this monkey on his on his back. Yeah, but right off the bat, I'm talking like uh, the, oh, I, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. All, the art that he already had when he well, no, no, we don't know that though because she just gave the name and we sort of see a, a slight flash forward to the uh art that place maybe he whipped up something for that place i like we don't know yeah yeah i just think it's funny i'm not like picking it apart i just oh yeah yeah no you're yeah i thought that too i was trying to make sense of it though so i then who knows you know uh so um they flash forward 10 years later it's now halloween night um the the kids come home they're trick-or-treating as two kids and they seem to have what he called a perfect life and they're walking around town, and, you know, it's 10 years on the day they met. 
So um, we want to make this little bastard legitimate. <laughs> I was most romantic fun. proposal ever, right? <laughs> well, what I mean to say is, so would you mind marrying me too much? <laughs> Rocky too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, he decides on the tenth anniversary of the day they met to give her the one thing he's never given her: anal. Anal. <laughs> Anal. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a joke. So that's what I'm doing. Guy... That's what I'm doing on my tenure. Yeah. No. yeah sure. <laughs> Ten rear. I'm telling. I'm right. So... Yeah, right to Irene, Irene right now. I said that. She'll crank up. <laughs> so he decides to give her something he never gave her, and that's the truth. So he goes ahead ten years later and tells her about the gargoyle incident. He says what happened, there's what I almost got killed, blah, blah, blah. So she just looks at him, and she's so disappointed. She grabs the gargoyle statue he made and just, like, throws it on the ground and goes, You promised you would never tell! You promised you'd never tell! And then she just looks, and all of a sudden she starts, her body starts changing into... The, the gargoyle that confronted him that night. Oh, God. You broke your promise, you idiot! are amazing how the like the gargoyle busts out of her thighs mm-hmm. and the knees all spikes on them and the back of the heels have the big claws coming down yes it's so cool the transformation reminds me a little bit of something you would see in the thing with the yeah, legs right. coming out yeah shit like that it's badass man it's amazing and to think and to see how he ruined everything he goes to run away, and he trips, and he looks down the hallway, and his kids are gargoyles also. Oh, God, that part breaks my heart, because they, it's, 
when they when the kids come walking up and like wrap their arms around her legs, you know, and they look up at her, it's so sad. I just makes me cry. Because now they're gonna be lonely without the daddy. So it's really sad. It is sad. It's tragic. The whole thing is tragic. Oh, the whole thing's tragic. You know? Do you guys think the kids knew about it? No. No. I don't. They, she seemed to consciously be able to turn into this thing. I don't know if they could have. I don't know. I just thought I would ask you if you guys thought that. I don't really have an opinion. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't think. I don't, I don't know. know. But I'll tell you what, the mother is pretty open with them. The, the way the one kid says, the kid's like, 10 years old she's like oh yeah you that the night when you met when you thought when dad pushed you up a wall and you thought he was gonna rape you rape you I'm like what yeah. my daughter's 10 i would never tell fucking something like that if it was there are things that she said that night and that that next morning that just seemed kind of odd to me like oh she doesn't know how to do it like she doesn't she doesn't know how to how to human you know? <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know yeah, there were things that were odd well, that's good. That's supposed to show us that she's not exactly acclimated into the human thing, you know? Like she. So maybe to her, telling the kids something like that, she doesn't see that there's anything wrong with it. As well. Yeah, she doesn't get it. All right. Maybe that's, you're right. It's weird, good. though. You would think that she'd be centuries old and she's done this before. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true, too. That she'd but be I, well you know, that's another thing I like is that we don't know. We, we have no. We get nothing about that. And, and I think that's cool. Yeah, it's a good mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to know. It it's, it's doesn't right. matter. Right, it doesn't matter. doesn't change the outcome. Yeah. True. So he says, I loved you. She goes, I loved you too. But you broke a promise. And that sealed your fate. And then she bites his throat and shreds it. Oh. And he just like, it just, oh, God. Oh, So there's one last touching moment where when he's collapsing to the ground, she's holding the back of his head and lets it gently lay on the ground instead of just dropping him. Like he's not a piece of shit. She regrets that she has to do this. But you, you, you got to wonder, why do you have, why do you just let him slide? At this point, he's a good guy. He never cheated on you. <laughs> you know, you had a nice life. You have two kids, all this great stuff. You're enjoying your life seemingly. And, because he broke this promise, he did it out of love to give you everything. Couldn't you give me give him an exception and go, well, I really didn't want you to tell, dude, but it was 10 years. All right. I mean, let's just, I don't want to hear about this again. Just say something like that. Well, see, I would have, I always wondered, couldn't she just go, okay, if you promise not to tell anybody else. Right. You know, then maybe <laughs> she could turn back into... Her human form, you know, right. <laughs> she gave him yeah. another shot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you didn't listen the first time. I'm gonna tell you this one last time. Don't tell anybody else. You know, I don't. All right, Smokey, I won't tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah, why, don't, why did my voice change into like a? It sounds like fucking Freddy. Totally, it sounds like you're Freddy for sure. <laughs> it's Freddy, kids. Don't <laughs> tell anybody about Elm Street. Yeah, something like Hogan a little too, actually. Don't hey, tell anybody mother. what you saw, bitch. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that you're welcoming yourself to prime time, bitch. <laughs> you know what, though? 
I don't think she makes the rules. She just has to. No, of course not. Yeah, because I think if given the choice, she would not turn into a gargoyle. (laughs) She would just be like, okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's her curse. She's just cursed with it, basically. It's like the old fairy tales when you see people are cursed and love's first kiss and all that shit. You know, it's just another kind of curse that she has. She's a gargoyle and the only way she she can escape it is if she falls in love and, and tells somebody a secret and stays with them. As a human. Right. So it, that's why it's tragic. Because it really is. It's tragic for the kids. Her. Yeah, but what kind of new guy is going to want to date a gargoyle with two kids? <laughs> <laughs> Another gargoyle, I guess. Yeah, right. That's it. I think it would, and I never say this, but I think I almost wish they would have let the guy live. It would have been more tragic if they flew away and off and there he wasn't. Oh, the, yeah. No. Or, you know what I mean? Well, like, and then they would have had the remind. He would have had the reminder on the top of the building every time he <laughs> the top of the building. <laughs> right. Every time them, he pulled you know? down the street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He'd say, God damn it. Uh, so, um, yeah. So that's, it was, what an emotional horror segment. Like, come on, guys. It, has there ever been an emotional horror segment to that degree? I don't think so. I've never, if you know one, let me know. I don't think there was. It's serious, man. It's serious. That was some deep shit. The one thing that's funny, though, is the fucking agent outside. For some reason, <laughs> it takes yeah. him 10 minutes to hail a cab. <laughs> and then he sees something blasting out of the fucking window of his friend's house who we just left. Okay. And he bolts. So like, the, guy, the taxi guy's like, what was that? He's like, I don't want to know. And he just fucking bolts. Dude, he's the same scumbag he was 10 years ago. Right? What an asshole. Right? Because you thought he, he was is. all close. He was babysitting the kids. Yeah. And they had that tender moment. He's playing. And then you see Ray Donchon looking at them and smiling. And they're all happy. That's why it's tragic. But him, I just thought that was, you know, ridiculous. At the end. <laughs> I don't want to know. He's a jerk. Maddox. So how do you rate this segment? To me, this is so well done. Five out of five. Love it. Yeah, um, this is another five out of five for me. I, I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, forever, I could not, I did not remember that this actually was from this movie. I always pictured it as a standalone episode. Oh, wow. And I completely forgot that it was, that it was part of this movie. But, um. Yeah. No episodes were that good. This has always been, yeah. I mean, this has always been a favorite. I just, I, it's so heartbreaking. Oh, it is. This is, a, this is a prime example of what I've been saying. The wrong director doing this, this would have sucked. And I don't think you would have got the right director had this been on the TV show. Yeah, you're right about that, I'm sure. Think about it. We, I know we can all close our eyes and imagine it for a second, scenes here and there. If they were done on that TV show and they would have fucking blown. Like <laughs> this, this is so perfect to be in this movie. Like, you guys... If you can't see, if you see, I don't know if you're seeing it at face value or whatever, if you don't recognize the greatness of this, God, just give it another look or give it a look if you haven't seen it before. It's really amazing. Dave, how do you rate this? Uh, it's my favorite one also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a four to five. I don't know why I hold back. I just, I like them all. I just don't think that they're great. It seems like every one of them has some downtime that, and I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the production. Maybe it's the... I don't know what it is. Like I said, four out of five isn't bad. I just... I wish I loved them as much as you guys did. You guys really love them. I don't know why I don't have them as great status, but it's still still damn good. I got nostalgia with it, too. So maybe that pushes... Well, Dave saw it at the show. 
I did on a date with my, my high school girlfriend. I remember going to see it. Yeah. I've always liked um, it. I just don't love it. You know, that's all. Was she white or black? No, no, she was white. I was. I, that was did you awesome. give her anal? Uh, no, we didn't reach the <laughs> ten-year mark. <laughs> did, the, did the date end with you shitting in a pizza box? <laughs> nope, there was no shit involved. Did you push her up against the wall and tell her to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once or twice, not that night. Did you bang um, her that night? <laughs> just kidding. Of course not. <laughs> um. Yeah, when the, what really gets me about this one too is the very last shot we get at the gargoyle where she's holding the kids in oh. in stone form, like after she's you know perched on top of the building, and she's holding the baby gargoyle. I mean, that just oh my goodness. Uh, are gargoyles uh, where what are they from? Because they're not real, so like no, no. What are they? Are they just you only see them on buildings? Isn't that weird? Yeah, why do we put gargoyles on buildings? I don't understand. Maybe it's like some fucked up shit that nobody knows about. Gargoyles are used to divert water from the roofs of buildings. Really? So you put them near the gutter? Yeah. And it's to keep water from running down the masonry of buildings. That's what they... I wonder what how that... Uh, ties into the story. Yeah, why a gargoyle? Well, well, just because they're, I mean, that's where you find them on the tops of buildings and stuff. But uh, um, in ancient Egyptian architecture, art, uh, gargoyles showed little variation, typically in the form of a lion's head. Similar lion-mouthed water spouts were also seen on Greek temples, carved or modeled in the marble or terracotta of the chorus. Terracotta pie. Uh, Oh, okay. um, many medieval cathedrals included gargoyles and chimeras. The most famous famous examples are those are Notre Dame. You know, you know about those. Um, the term gar- gargoyle has come to include all types of images. Some were depicted as monks or combination of real animals and people, many of which were humorous. Unusual animal mixtures or chimeras did not act as rain spouts and are more properly called grotesques. They serve more as ornamentation, but are now synonymous with gargoyles. So, oh, so that's interesting. So really, if they're just ornamentation, they're technically not gargoyles, or at least they weren't originally. They were called grotesques, but now every they're all, they have all come to be called gargoyles. I think I'm going to put a gargoyle on top of my house. On my I love gargoyles. I have them, I have them, all over my house, like little gargoyle statues. And um, wow. I wanted for years, um, when I was in high school, I saw a picture of Stephen King's house, and he has these amazing iron gates that go all the way. Like He has a wrought iron gate that goes all like, – a wrought iron fence that goes all around his property, and then these beautiful gates uh, with this ironwork, and he has gargoyles. And I had wanted a house with something like that ever since like that's my dream home is like a big home with secret passageways and a wrought iron fence with gargoyles on the gate that's what i want one of these days yeah yeah all of us so uh the wraparound story the kid joey lawrence throws marbles on the floor and (laughs) blondie trips and lands even though he's telling her as he's doing it he still (laughs) manages to trip this is what happens is given a running commentary. 
Well, then he pushes Blondie on that big, gigantic tray that's made for humans only. And rather than try to climb back out of the oven, she just lays there. (laughs) She just puts her, I mean, if you actually watch her, she just puts her head down. She's like, oh, no, I guess I'm going to, like, like, she's going, well, I guess it's over. I'm dead, you know. (laughs) She's like, I guess this is my life now. (laughs) So that's the end. Um, So that's it, guys. That really wraps up our creep show retrospective. This is like a little bonus sewed. And, bonus um, sewed. Bone, hey. Yeah. Bone in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you give a bone <laughs> rating? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, guys. I think we all recommend it. Clearly, it's a great anthology, and it's it's sort of like an, an 80s horror. It doesn't have that 80s uh, feel, but it's so much on the tail end. I think it feels, to me, it feels more 80s than 90s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say it feels definitely more 80s than 90s, yeah. You know, it's it's far from the 90s polished shit you get with a, I know you did last summer and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and even like the bad 90s, early, like the Freddy movies from the 90s, it's, it feels better than that, too. Oh. So, uh, yeah, if you like 80s anthologies, just go ahead and watch this. You'll be right into it. So that is it for this show, guys. Yep. Oh, yeah, everybody. Thank you again. We keep topping the charts in Horrorphilia. Yes. I'm sure we will eventually get overtaken, but uh, I want no. you guys spread the word. Um, I think we lost one month. I forgot what it was, too. I oh, don't. wasn't it to Banana Laser for Halloween 1? October, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's okay. So we lost one, and that's totally fine because um, that was a huge um, topic to cover, Halloween 1. And two. Yeah. And plus, so, it was banana laser. So and plus, right? So yeah. Ba- that was basically our spiritual, like our sister, like our sister show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so exactly. That topic, coupled with who you are and the job you did, that, that's a triple threat right there. I mean, those three things. Uh, I will uh, gladly take a backseat to that. I mean, I I couldn't be mad in the least. And I'm so not mad about it that we even rebroadcasted it on this station. So Oh, that's right. Yeah. On our YouTube. On our iTunes. Yeah. So clearly. Uh, I miss banana laser. No. Not as much as uh, as we do. Yep. Shit. Don't you tell me. You don't know. You don't know my you don't life. You know how much I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Tales from the Dark Side. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, we do, like as always. We do not really know what we're doing the next show. We're not planning it like all that anymore. We're doing more of a feel for things and what we think is best at the moment. Um, other than that, have a good night, and we will see you in May. Get out now! <laughs> Get out now! Get out! Now. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now. We we got it. You know, we should actually have that playing right before Buckethead hits that thing. Oh, right? yeah. That'll be like right? the Tracy Ullman, go home, go home. <laughs> Only his, you know, Donald Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he cracks me up when he does that. <laughs> Alright guys, adios! Viva Dirty! Bye!
Yeah, now.